Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to the Atlanta Sports Guys, where we are, uh, let me turn my notes here, the Atlanta Sports Guys, uh, where I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, the home of the soon-to-be number one team in the nation, the Tennessee Volunteers, as Max just, whoo, can't. No, I want, I want you to know that I sprinkled on uh, both Tennessee plus seven and a half and Moneyline. I'm, I'm all in this weekend. Well, the money line, I think I told uh, the good folks last week where I was like, whatever you're thinking with, when it comes to the money line, like, just go ahead and hit that one. Like, that's, that's Tennessee's hitting that. So that's just easy money. The fact that that was open the way it was. Brent felt good. Plus yeah. seven. It was like plus seven and a half was the number one I bet it. Yeah. I'll take that. Did you take Tennessee to win outright or just cover? No, I just picked him to cover. I picked him mm. to cover. I put him in a parlay. So it was like parlay. a two, yeah, two or three team parlay. Who's the parlay? I mean, I think it was with um, I can't remember. Clearly I think Michigan I had minus seven. <laughs> that one, I th- that's that line is so big. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. So the line that number is pretty big. So I don't know. But you know what the big difference? I have no idea who Michigan is. Uh... I don't know who Michigan is. Anybody who believes that they know that who Michigan is at this point in the season is, I think, kind of lying to themselves. What? Well, which unranked win was your favorite from the Michigan Wolverines? Oh, my God. Well, Connecticut, probably. Hawaii? Colorado State was really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no. They actually had a lot of trouble with Maryland. They did have a lot of trouble with Maryland. A lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. They were up two scores with a minute left. What are we doing? With a no. minute left? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had a garbage, <laughs> they had a garbage drive at the end. Whatever. Oh, no, Baby Tua had that dog in him, and he was going for it. Like, he was, yeah, he was driving. Yeah, honestly, I think Michigan could be a good team. They could also be a complete fabrication i really like they are no idea. a fantastic out bowl outback bowl type team oh my like, god oh my what are we even doing here like, they could be a fraud and they still will make the rose bowl well mm, we'll see the schedule is a joke we'll they, yeah, penn, state. penn state and then it's well, like michigan state who's garbage illinois who's what illinois whatever and illinois. they coast until ohio state the sun I mean, belt, yeah, you should walk into ten and two. Like the Sun Belt left. East is a better conference than the than the uh, Big Ten West. Oh mm. my god! Check. What are we doing? Yeah. Check. Already well, has wins. Already has wins against the Big Ten West already. So the Vols will have four victories over top twenty five teams. They already have the most top twenty five victories of anybody uh, in college ball yeah, this one year. One is one was LSU and one was Pittsburgh, who just lost to Georgia Tech. So and Florida, roll, my friend, and Florida. and Florida, who just got who just lost to no, they just beat Missouri. to lose that LSU team. No, they're going to beat LSU this weekend too. They're going to beat LSU. We'll see. I that Florida's Florida's. I went a perfect eleven teams. and zero in the pick'em on this very program last week. I'm I'm like fifty four and seventeen to this point in the pick'em. Uh, I don't know. You might you want to ride with the hot streak. I don't think George or I don't think Tennessee loses this weekend. I oh Utah Utah USC was the other one that I had. Oh, that was I the think, other one I banked on. I, had Utah, I banked on U- I had Utah covering three and a half. Not just you don't have them winning. Covering, I'm winning in coverage. Okay. Are they favored? They're favored, yeah, they're by, three favored by three and a half. Yeah. Oh, I thought USC was favored by three and a half. No, no, okay. Utah's favored three and a half. I think they cover that. Oh I yeah, I like that because I put them at three I losses this early. I don't know. They're Georgia's got for that. the almighty Vanderbilt, so we'll see how that goes. And isn't that at three thirty? Yeah, on like SEC Network. That's rough, man. Georgia fans having to do like Alabama, Tennessee, because the Braves play at what four? Yeah. Are they at four or two? It's one of the two. They're Braves either right four. before the game or We're right at four at... o'clock all through the the weekend. Okay, the timing yeah. doesn't matter if you just record every game. <laughs> People forget. 
people forget but it's more dangerous on the weekends because I, like i have my phone near me sometimes on the weekends so i have to like because family texts and friends text and i like i'm on uh like i just be more careful weekdays it's easy to record and not get anything spoiled for me I, it's it's very easy it's to impossible get through my... for me to have anything not ruined no i'm checking happened. on it i'm checking on it i can't not think about it if it's happening live i'm thinking about it interesting i can yeah. compartmentalize i guess i don't know i can I just uh, yeah no um well uh we can compartmentalize a couple things uh which is that in the grand scheme of things grady jarrett's pass uh roughing the passer penalty was rough but look i i don't know if i'm alone in this on this atlanta sports guys podcast but for me when i saw it happen and obviously the falcons lose and a really frustrating fashion on Sunday against a good Tampa Bay team. My thought, like there are so many people losing their minds on twitter.com and just the travesty and it's disgusting. And I'm never watching the NFL again. And this, if you ever want to prove that uh, they are in Tom Brady's pocket, it look at this moment and all, oh, and I was like, man, the Falcons are not fighting for the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, that sucked. That was unfortunate. Didn't enjoy that. That wasn't roughing the passer. But in the grand scheme of things, I moved on with my Sunday. I was like, that sucked. That was a really rough ending. Didn't enjoy that. But the Falcons, this is not a win-loss season. I'm going full Arthur Smith. This is not about wins and losses. They fought with the Bucks to the end. I hope they fight till with the 49ers till the end. It's just, hey, no Kyle Pitts, and you're right there, right there. At the, uh, I don't know. I felt like it was a net positive. I wasn't freaking out. It was a horrific call. I, I agree with that, but like, man, I don't know. I, I'm just happy to see progress week over week. I don't know. Is that a different take uh, than you had, uh, Garrett? No, no. I So I reacted in live time. I was pissed mm. off when it happened. Um, I yelled and screamed for <laughs> 30 seconds, and then I moved on. And then we did Falcons Flyover. I, I do Falcons Flyover every single Sunday, so we were like the reaction show on mm. 92.9. And all the callers were very similar. Most of the callers were very similar. We're like angry, like throwing, throwing things angry. The NFL hates us. They love mm-hmm. Tom Brady, whatever. Who cares? I, I've chase. I've said the same thing as you have. I've said it on my program. I've said it here on this podcast. This is, this season is not going to be defined by the win loss record. It's mm-hmm. going to be defined about how you're in games, the way this team fights and the progress that you've made and the, and the questions that you answered. I think we answered questions on Sunday. We are a better football team for what happened on Sunday. Now, am I frustrated that it, the play happened? Yeah, sure. It also, it's not like the Falcons were going to be favored to win that game, even if they punt the ball and pin the Falcons inside the 20-yard line. You, yeah, then you're going to have to drive down the field on a defense that you haven't really had success against all day, except for maybe the last two drives, without your two best players on offense. I don't trust Marcus Mariota to make those plays down the field and to lead him down. So it's not like the Falcons were going to win anyway, but it it does suck that they didn't have the opportunity. And it was against Tom Brady and the Bucks, no less. So it, it, it's frustrating, and I understand why it's frustrating. But I moved on very quickly, and I was, and still are, I still still am, uh, very positive about the outcome of that game just because of what I saw. Because you, you Marcus Mariota clearly is not the answer. We know that. We've seen it plenty plenty of times on the football field this year and we could have attributed it to rust to start the season it's not rust anymore it's just he's just not the guy um but the offense looks good the offensive line has been far improved 
The rushing attack is fantastic. And the fact that it had success, even though Cordero Patterson wasn't there, such a positive sign. And it says it's scheme more so than anything, which makes me believe, hey, Arthur Smith knows what he's doing. And I believe in Arthur Smith in this offense. So because this team has so much more room to improve. So the, the ceiling is so high. So I, I actually come out of this game a little bit more optimistic than pessimistic. And even so, looking to next week, I think that's a winnable football game, too. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, I'm sure. But um, you're talking about next week is in which the, game? The 49ers. I think okay, they can, I think the yeah, Falcons yeah, yeah, can yeah. win this game. I think yeah. they really can. I think so, too. Max, did you have the same takeaway as Garrett? Well, I don't know. You guys are playing the moral victory thing a little too hard. Like, too much Jonesy I'm... for you? Champions well, right. of life. I mean, like you can be, you can have that outlook on the season and be like, yeah, I mean, this team's not, you know, this is not a, a, a world beating team. Like 40% of the cap is in dead cap. Like it's not a, this is not, this team's not going anywhere, but yet we invest every Sunday in watching this team play football. And if they had won that game, they would stand alone in first place in the NFC South after five weeks. And to have been robbed of that chance is annoying. Like we, we there could be a narrative about the Falcons now like there is about the Giants where and I think there should be like this is a really really well coached team that I don't know uh, you know is the win and loss in the grand scheme of things a big deal no but it would make me more excited for this weekend and the weekend after and like that's kind of the whole point of all of it right um I I I do still come away with those takeaways, though. Like, they, they were down 21 nothing going to the fourth quarter, and they clawed back to 21-15 and should have had the ball with a chance to drive down and win the game in the fourth quarter. And that's not something we have talked about with the Falcons much over the last, I don't know, 15 years. Um, <laughs> and, and it's not the first time this season, too. I mean, it's, it's a little bit like the Rams game. Um, where they came all the way back and, and nearly won that game, too. And so I think it is a trend that is encouraging of instead of being the team that – wilts at the end uh, is a team that fights and doesn't give up and is well coached and fundamentally sound and might be, you know, deficient in talent, I would say. Uh, but, but, you know, is a fundamentally sound team that fights every week. And that is just like not a trait the Falcons have had. I don't even remember this last time. Um, I will say, I, and I don't know if we're going to get into this, but I'm inching closer and closer to uh Ritter time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's getting there. Mariota was bad. He's he was bad, really bad. And you know, there's a reason they week. ran the ball. I don't. We didn't talk about it last week. There's a reason they ran the ball 14 consecutive times. He's there's been bad for reason. like two to three weeks now. Yeah, is ever since that interception against the Rams that he really hasn't been very good. Well, I think it's I the know. Panthers game on yeah. October 30th is where I would circle um, after the bye week. What's the bye week? Four, mm. Week 14 is the bye week. Oof. How ridiculous is that? You that can't sucks. wait till after the bye week. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Okay. Man, ridiculous. That's right before. That's the, oh, man. Damn. Okay. Well, that sucks. Right, right before, before New Orleans on, and your first start in New Orleans? Yeah, I don't think It's that. not going to be that late. I, no. I cannot see them lasting. I don't know. I think it's either the Panthers or at, the Panthers at home on the 30th or the Bears at home on the 20th. I think the point is more like, like, if you're going to be a team that's in, and this is a team that is relying on its run game um, mm. primarily first and foremost. And I, I will say the number one thing I came encouraged, came away encouraged from the Bucks game. No one runs the ball in the Bucks. Uh, mm. The Falcons had, I think I want to say they're close to hundred yards in the fourth quarter alone on the ground or in the second half alone. Um, like the Falcons can run the ball on anybody. Um, and 
that put that takes a lot of pressure off of a rookie quarterback if you're going to put him in that spot. And if you're all you're asking from Ritter is to lean on the run game and be effective in play action and hit sort of high percentage throws, like I think he can do that. And Mariota's made too many mistakes to sort of, you know, I I, I cannot imagine the gap is that big between them right now. And so I I, I think it's a matter of time. Yeah, you don't want him to get fifty percent completion week. percentage is is just not going to get it done in the NFL. You just can't. No. Um, what looked different without Kyle Pitts this week, uh, Max? Um, I mean, the whole offense looked different. I mean, you saw they ran those two plays for uh, Felipe Franks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Neither play went well. I'll say that um, mm-hmm. we had a bad drop there, and then that post route that they run to Kyle Pitts once a game, and uh, the ball was ten yards <laughs> beyond where either the defender or Felipe Franks was. That was not very good. Um, so you know, I don't expect Felipe Franks to be Kyle Pitts, but I do think it also showed like defenses scheme their entire plan around stopping Kyle Pitts, and I think we kind of take that for granted at this point. But like receivers were not getting open and Mariota wasn't good, but like, I don't know. I, I don't think there were as many opportunities as a result of, of Pitt's ability to stretch the field vertically and also just sort of the gravitational pull he has. Um, it was all Drake London in terms of targets. And I think, I, I do think that we were less willing to even throw the ball um, as a result of that. If you're relying on Kadero Hodge and Alamna Zacchaeus, to sort of help carry you with Drake London. Like that's not a very formidable group, um, especially against a secondary like the Bucks. And so I, I think it was a reminder that like, and I've ranted against the like, Arthur Smith's wasting his, his first round tight end uh, people. But I do think watching that game is a reminder of like, just because he's not, and, and I do want him to get more targets, but just because he's not getting, you know, 10 catches a game doesn't mean he's not having like a profound impact on, on the game. And and I think when you have a tight end, that is, I think we've seen he's a capable blocker now. Yeah. Um, and who has that dual ability, um, you know, it, it just changes everything you can do offensively. There's no other tight end on the roster, obviously who can do that. Yeah. Um, do we know if he's going to play this week? He's probable. It's, it seems basically. like he's going to play. He probably. Well, he's not he probable. Practiced. It's not like his injury designation anymore. It's a fake questionable. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fake questionable. Um, Garrett, Deion Jones is now a Cleveland Brown. Uh, what was your favorite Deion Jones moment? Because, like, let's just go ahead and say to Blair, Browns fans, you're not getting anything out of Deion Jones at this point. Like, it's 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 yeah. over. I don't know. Yeah. Pick six against New Orleans was highlight. Yeah. That and the other interception against New no, the pick in the end zone against pick in the end zone. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's the probably, one. Yeah. No, it was that's a rookie. It was his first start. His first start in New Orleans was the one that he did the pick six, and then it was the second start in New Orleans that he had the interception in the end zone. Right. That sounds right. I think that's right. What both were wins for Atlanta, mm. and the second one was a clincher. So I, I think it's one A and one B for me. Mm. I mean. I, I went and bought his jersey after that second one. Did you like, really? Oh, yeah. No, it's in my I don't think I've ever there. seen a Deion Jones Falcon jersey out in the wild. He yeah. was like big. That was like a – to me, I thought he, he was – and then he signed a contract immediately after that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. let's go. Like, he's here He forever. embodied like like that um that 2016 defense that was like sort of – it was pretty young. And it yeah. was like all these guys they drafted. And it was like, oh, my gosh, maybe they're building something with Dan Quinn, like mm-hmm. a sustainable defense. 
which proved to not be the case. Um, but to me, that he was sort of the embodiment of that that defense, sort of like its opportunistic nature. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the only guy who really lasted through all that was Grady Jarrett. But yeah, that's another <laughs> another story. Well, but who, the by other the way. Thing- Grady Jarrett is freaking awesome. That guy he's is so good. good he's he's a superhuman. And the more you actually like look at watch, just watch only Grady Jarrett. Only yeah, I've started doing this on defense. It's it's mm. kind of fun. It's, it's a treat. just yeah. watching him because he he just they throw a double team at him and his hands are just so violent, and he just puts people on their ass and it's awesome. I love it. It's just so much fun to watch that guy play football. Like I think I think he's the single guy on the team by by a mile. Who like if he got hurt would just like drastically tank everything. He's yeah. he's the entire defense. Like it's it'll be a big play. And at this point, he's come up with you know four to five huge plays at the end of games already this season, including the roughing the passer. And it's just like all right, well he's gonna do something here to disrupt this play, and he just does it every time. Well, he, that would have been the third consecutive game that he would have had the final drive, final defensive drive end with a sack, mm-hmm. or at least have a sack on the final possession of the dri- final drive, which is awesome. Dude's a stud. Uh, speaking of studs, uh, Vit Krigi, uh and his passing, which is fun, uh, that I watch. How do we pronounce his name? Do we know yet? The new Hawks player? Yes. I'm not going to pretend like I know the I answer to that. Vit Krejci? Kr- uh, apologies to Vit, but I, I have no idea. How to I'm going to hear name. very soon with uh, when I get back in the studio with Steve Holman. So. There you go. He'll know. Um... I have to admit, ask this question because I wrote about Jay Crowder this week and I was thinking about whether or not he fit with the Hawks because it came out, Sham, saying that, uh, you know, that the Hawks were a suitor um, and people got upset because they were like a contender is in on Jay Crowder and then they were like, it's the Hawks. And people were like, oh, I thought you said contender. Okay, the Hawks, if all things go right, are a contender. Just as a heads up, folks, like there's a they, they can be a contender if all things go right. The Boston Celtics were not a contender going into last year, and they were uh, very much not on the radar of coming out of the East. Like, let's let's pump our brakes here. The Hawks can absolutely win the East this year. They could also just like be a playing team, um, which is wild. But that's where the East is right now. You can make that case for almost good. every single team not named like the Bucks and Sixers um, for me. But look, Jay Crowder. I was thinking about it. And I was like, okay, where does he fit if they do make that trade? Bogey was the obvious person who would go to Phoenix in this. And that's a non-starter for me. Where if you're giving up Bogey with the uncertainty with this backward, like you're putting a lot of pressure on Aaron Holiday uh, (laughs) to fill some roles here. You're putting a lot of pressure on uh, DeJounte and Trey to stay healthy. And then I'm like, well, I don't think this is great for um, them being able to stagger uh, DeJounte and Trey if you move on from Bogey. Because Bogey is like that linchpin where if you look at the lineups last year, a lot of those lineups with Trey and Bogey or uh, Bogey and Herder or Bogey and insert player here. Like that's, those were good lineups. Those generally speaking did pretty well. I would be terrified health, whatever. I am terrified of moving uh, Bogey in a deal. And I was thinking about it and I wrote about it where I was like, well, Crowder does fit in the sense of like, if he was a free agent, I would be a lot more in on it where if he didn't have to go up anything like the Gallo minutes, he actually played a healthy amount at the four uh, next to Capella this past year. And you look at that spot and it's like, there isn't really a natural answer because DeAndre Henner played 35% of his minutes at the four last year. I don't think they're going to up that based on his injury stuff. Like, I don't think they want DeAndre Hunter to play even more minutes at the four. 
Um, Jalen Johnson obviously played zero <laughs> there for uh, for the Hawks last year. He was someone who we just kind of assume was like, maybe they put him there, they slide him over, and that's his role with Gallo out. But there really isn't a natural person to take that back up four minutes that like is a sneaky amount of minutes that they need to either give more to Hunter or it's got to be somebody like, I mean, Carmelo Anthony still sitting out there. Do you take a fly? <laughs> Max getting nervous when I said Carmelo, but like those minutes are there. And if Jay Crowder is cool being that player, that's a huge upgrade. Like I think if you're, I, I think Crowder right now is better than what Gallo is at this point and what Gallo was. But Gallo came to Atlanta at the same age that Crowder was and kind of the similar situations. Crowder shot 45% from three in the bubble for Miami when they went on their finals run, shot above 35% these past two years for Phoenix, been a good player. It just depends on what the cost is. So, Max, when you think about all of that, do you think Crowder makes sense? And would you want the Hawks to make a trade for Jay Crowder? Yeah, I think the, I think you phrased it well. If he was a free agent, I think it would make a ton of sense. I don't really know what the trade is here. Like well, Phoenix, probably is not Shamit, and it's probably Shamit and uh, Crowder for uh, Bogey would be my guess. I, I you know. At first blush, I was like, yeah, that kind of makes some sense. And then I thought about it, and you're right. Like, the backcourt depth would be shot. Um, yeah. and, and and also, Bogey fills a role there that, no, like, if they had kept Herder, like, I, I would yeah. I would think a lot more strongly about that. But, like, who is going to fill that Bogey role of sort of shooting, bench scoring, a little bit of punch? Um, like, there's no one on the team who really fits that. And, you know, they don't have anyone as good as – probably as good as what Crowder would give you in those backup four minutes, but you have guys you can at least try there. Um, you can up Hunter's minutes. I think you could probably try maybe Justin Holiday there. Um, mm. and I think you, they might give a few you minutes to, to try Justin Holiday there. You might, but I do think, I do think Jalen Johnson is going to be the one who gets the, the first crack at that. Um, mm. And I also think there's a possibility they're going to try to put a Kongwu and Capella on the floor together. Some, and I'm not saying it's the right move, but I mean, they're really touting this Akangu shooting thing. Um, I think it kind of takes away from what Akangu does best if you do that. But yeah, um, I, I think you have options there. So it wasn't the kind of thing where I was like, oh, this is a no brainer just because I don't really know what the trade is. And I I, I just don't think the bogey swap helps you. Um, it, it, I'd be lying if I didn't make me sort of my alarm bells go off about a stealth John Collins situation, but uh, nah, he's I don't staying. know. I, I, I think Collins is fine. I think we have to like, we have to remove the alarm bells from Collins for a while. It, it is kind of annoying though, because I, I do think Jay Crowder is the exact type of body. This roster could benefit from like mm -hmm. veteran, good defender um, can shoot. It is just sort of a professional wing um, who, who's pretty versatile. Um, Not a friend experience. Yeah, can sure. sort of we've talked about that needing that sort of edge. Been to the finals. But, yeah, but like what's the what's the move? To me it's almost hunter insurance. Like for the I wrote that I was like if you're bringing crowd there's a little bit of like is hunter going to play 60 games? Like uh, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't have DeAndre Hunter insurance at this point. Um, well, I think Jalen Johnson's the DeAndre Hunter's and AJ Griffin I guess maybe too uh, down the road. Like I think that's Griffin's played doing. well by the way. Mm hmm He's looking pretty can he good. Guard, can he guard anyone yet? I don't know yet. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I think Randy that's what's going to that's, that's what's going to keep him off the floor, I guess, inevitably. But yeah. 
Well, I mean, May didn't play Nyeka and Clint together at all last year. I was going through. I was sorting yeah, through the last minutes. Last year was last year, man. Yeah, it's a and new Jaylen year. Johnson we also didn't have a role last year, so yeah. yeah. So I, it's a new year. I mean, it was. It does seem like different formations. Gallo was also does, on this team last year. It, it does seem like they promised Jalen Johnson a role here, um, hmm. and so I kind of think, like, I kind of think in their mind they're going in with the like Jalen Johnson is almost a like for like Gallo swap. Um, hmm. I think not in terms of what they do, but just that that minutes. The only person they've promised anything to is that backcourt and maybe Clint Capella. Outside Hmm. of that, it's like I don't think anything's promised for this team. I mean, you you see that just by by all of the stuff that happened with all the John Collins things, which I still think our angle of the John Collins, our lens, I guess that we were looking at it through, is like the Hawks were shopping him. Mm -hmm. I think they were just fielding calls, and that's just gonna be it's gonna be reported the same way that they're like taking phone calls about him and like, and, and they've come been on record saying like, Hey, there's a price for everybody except basically except for Trey young, you know? So it's like, if you're going to call and make me an offer, I have a very high price point, And if you meet that price point, I'll give him away. But other, if, if not, I don't think that's going to happen. That's, that's just the way that I always saw the, the John Collins news at least. Um, but Jay Crowder, I love the idea of having a Jay Crowder, but I'm with you guys. I don't see how it happens, but he is in con- a discontent with his situation in Phoenix, clearly. Um, I mean, he's, didn't he sit out the preseason? Well, they, like, agreed to, like, part ways, basically. Like, they're yeah. going to facilitate a trade and so at that not point, get him injured or anything while they're trying to do that. But you but you have Phoenix. Phoenix doesn't – they're not going to get anything out of Drake, Jake Crowder at that point now. Mm-hmm. So what, what could the asking price really be that much? Like, what, would you be well, able to spend Well, it's more the salary. Them? It's like the Hawks have, salary. That's yeah. the problem. He's, like, a, on a one-year $10 million expiring – and the Hawks are just kind of like very top heavy in their contracts now. Yeah. And like Bogey's like basically kind of the only contract that's the one like tradable. The one name I kind of think would be funny, and I, the Hawks will not do this, but um, like working a Capella, a Capella, Jay Crowder swap intrigues me a little bit. Trey's not signing um, for that. Yeah. I mean, you've been all over that. And I, I that's why, I mean, it, it won't happen. I just think like, that would the conversation needs to happen ceiling. at some point this year, though. Uh, like, it has to happen. Like, at some point, someone needs to sit down Trey and go, hey, we just picked up Onyeka's uh, player option and um, our qualifying offer. We have to know what he is uh, by next year. So Capella's got to go. Like, we have to play Onyeka 36 minutes at the five with you and DeJounte to see what this looks like. Eventually Capella is either going to have to be okay with being off the bench guy, or we have to find another team for him to play basketball for. Yeah. Have to see. I, I don't think it's not going to happen. I'm just and you're gonna, I, at the four and Capella at the five. If they try that for an extended stretch, I'm going to lose my mind. If that's how they try and navigate this is playing them together. They will do that at some it. point this season. They will do it. It's gotta happen. <sighs> They've been touting this whole thing. I mean, Capella played the fewest minutes he's played. Last year, in the last yeah. what five years, mm-hmm. I mean, he's trending down. Well, but... we know he's not a fast starter, so Inyaka's going to get some early, uh, early run here. And uh, and look, I mean, this can. is a team that I think is going to start a little faster than it did last year. Hopefully, I mean, like the the they're the scoring, are, man. They're scoring a lot of points. <laughs> they're they're going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be a fun basketball team to follow. I mean, even if they don't win a lot of games, even just like right out of the gate, I still think they're going to score plenty of points. It's just the whether, just how sucks. would the flow, I, I just want to see how it flows. 
I'm just nervous. I, like I Max, you touched on this. Sucks. Like, I, no, I, I don't think it. I don't think. I don't so. think it does. I just think like we're seven we deep were too right now. Deep. We were too no, deep last year. No, no, it's Hold not on. seven deep. Seven we were deep. Too deep last year. That's our. That was our problem. What? Nobody was on the floor for any extended period of time outside of Trey. That Justin Holiday's gonna have a role. Jalen Johnson's gonna have a role. <sighs> Aaron Holiday's gonna marks. have a role. I'm talking about guys you know you can trust. You need I a mean, nine-man rotation once you get bogey, to the playoffs. What, yeah, seven. That's deep. it. That's that's such an aggressive. No, I only trust seven, seven guys in this roster right that's now. That's fine. Trey, Ooh, two Collins, other guys. Who are your seven? Uh, Trey Collins, Capella, Bogey, Jonte, Hunter, Akongwu, and uh, how many is that? Three. Seven. That's seven. Yeah, that's my seven. That's it. That's the only so, players I trust right now. That's who did fine. you leave out? Well, I don't well, trust Cole. You don't trust <laughs> AJ well, Griffin, okay. Jalen Johnson, Frank school. Kaminsky, Aaron. Holiday, uh, Justin Holiday. I don't trust any of those guys. You don't need to. Okay, okay well, Justin Holiday is going to have a role on this team, and so is Jalen Johnson. Um, oh, and if Jalen Johnson's like your ninth or tenth guy or whatever, like you're fine. I think he needs to be more. He needs to be better than that. He could be. Year two. I don't know. I don't like. I I think I would. It's so it's sad. That we just I don't really, know. I all. really wish they still had Kevin Herter. I look at this roster and I'm like. I, Think they I love Kevin sold, Herter. I'm, I, they I mean, sold low played. on Kevin Herter, man. I, I don't like that Herter's not on this roster, especially with Mo Harkless just going away and that just being a waste of a spot. We don't um, really talk about it enough, but that was a um, that was a tax move. Yeah, that was a salary that dump. Was strictly tax thing, and I don't. It just rubs me the wrong way a little bit because yeah, not, they need we, Kevin Herter, and and they're relying really heavily on Bogey and Bogey's mm-hmm. body. Like I, I, we don't trust Bogey's body to hold up, and then like what. Where's the, like, where's the backcourt shooting on this team? If that's what Bogey I'm saying, like, this team cannot get hit with the injury bug. They're in trouble if they get hit with a bad injury, like to one of their core guys. If Dejounte or Trey miss significant time or something, oof, oof, it's gonna be rough. They're thin, man. I'm telling you, this is a secretly thin roster. I'm, I'm a little nervous about it. Um, we'll end on this because the Braves are about to start. Um. Tied 1-1, Spencer Strider, Game 3, Charlie Morton, Game 4. Garrett, how do you see this series? Clairvoyant, Garrett, by this time next week, you'll be able to say whether or not you were correct or incorrect. How do you see the rest of the series going? Braves are going to win. I I would be shocked, shocked if the Braves don't win this series. I mean, the Phillies are a good team. They're a good team. They're not Braves deep. They have the star power at the top of the lineup to match the Braves. They don't have the star power throughout the lineup to match the Braves. If the Braves go out and get a win today, it's over. If the the only the, today today is the backbreaker for me, um, at least for the Phillies, because I, I can see the Braves going out and winning two games in a row. Um, if they lose today, I, I don't see the Phillies being able to do that because if you can't if they can't win, they're just like the Philly uh, the the Mets. If you don't win with Nola and Wheeler on the mound. You're not going to win at all. Um, and based off of what we saw uh, on what Wednesday, I'm just, I don't see them being able to do it. And maybe they feed off of the, the home field advantage this weekend until Saturday and or Friday and Saturday. Ultimately, I just don't see them getting it done. I think Spencer Strider coming back is going to provide a big boost and barring him just falling apart. I think the Braves are going to be fine. Charlie Morton is, is extremely experienced in the playoffs. I think he's going to come out and he's he's back on his his normal playoff Charlie, uh, and then come Sunday it all depends on Max Freed too. Max Freed doesn't look right. Something's mm. wrong with Max Freed. Uh, Kelly Krull was reporting she was like in the clubhouse. She's with the, around the team all the time. 
And she's like, it's like knowing when one of your family members isn't really up to snuff, like something's a little amiss. They're not feeling well. That's kind of what was going on with uh, Max Freed. Mm. And you could tell when he pitched, he just, his, his velocity was down. So I'm a little concerned if it go, does go to a game, a game five, that that's really my biggest concern and my only big one. Uh, that and Ronald Acuna, but he should be fine. What about you, Max? Yeah, Garrett said it well. I think losing game one with Freed on the mound was a little bit of a, uh, of a, I don't know, a, a shock to the system. I mean, I really didn't, I didn't and don't see the Braves losing this series. But after that game one, it was like, oh God. I, I feel the same way. I think the Braves are just a better team. And I think like the fact that that game one didn't really um, phase them. Uh, it's funny. Cause like we're saying all this and this podcast is going to go up after game three. We're going to know a whole, whole lot more. Um, but I think the Braves are going to win this in four. I think that's, I yeah. think that's kind of, I, I feel pretty confident about that. And I, I will say that as an interesting tidbit from Garrett and would make me nervous for game five. I don't think it gets there personally. No, hmm. I am going Phillies in five. I uh, think... you're just <laughs> wow. The no. Phillies remind me a lot of the Nationals in 2019, the 20 and 29 Nationals, and things just flipped the script, and they just people just kept doubting them a little bit. The difference was that they had the best record in baseball from May 21st through the end of the season. Yeah, they didn't have their starting pitchers. They didn't have their uh, Juan Soto hadn't been playing at the time. They didn't have it's not uh, a clean Trey comparison. Turner wasn't playing on that team until the end of May. And then they got healthy and then they were just the best team lights out. The Phillies were the fourth best team in baseball. The Braves were the best team in baseball since June 1st. And the best team, but the Braves were the not the best team last year. It was the Dodgers and the Braves. Yeah, but it's, it's all about get who gets hot. But the Phillies, I think the, the, the Braves squashed the hot I just don't think it's going to be Braves Dodgers in the NLCS. I think that's too clean. It's too clean. I think it will be. They're the two best teams in the National League. I know. That's why I don't think it's going to happen. Like, that's it's too clean. One of these teams, like either the Padres, the Phillies are winning their series. Like, I am convinced of that. I don't think both will. Is this a is this a a, uh, reverse jinx going on here? (laughs) It feels like it. Like, I have too much going on and the Braves already got the title. So it's like. Hey, the title's over. Like, I, I'm good. I just I gotta watch the balls, and I don't want to be checking my phone while the other stuff. And there's, uh, I have a lot on my plate. But NBA is coming back. Like, the Braves need to. Oh man, mosey it along. Poor, like, poor need... you. No, <laughs> do you know what they Junior. need to do? It's college baseball is when they need to move the season to. Like, baseball needs to start in February and then end in June or July. Like, that is when baseball should be. Like, that is the it, bread and butter. Well, I they just would... need to cut it in September. It needs to be the first round of the playoffs needs to be on Labor good. Day. I mean, the playoffs are going to November this year because they had that week removed with the stoppage. Like the pl- that's insane. The three day weekend, first of September, like the yeah. first weekend of September for the three day weekend is that that's Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. You go or Labor Day. Labor Day. You have your first first round of the playoffs the the weekend before college before professional football actually tees off. Mm. You, I mean, it's it's you versus college football for week one of college football. And I think that the professional baseball tracks a little bit better in that sense than they would against fighting against the NFL, but you have the first round and then get people invested, move on to the next week. And then it's like, you're in playoff mode for when we're still warming up to football. Yeah. And then you're done in October. Right. That's what I, I completely agree. But Hey, first and runners on first and second, only one out. 
Ronald Acuna. Hey, hey, Ronald Acuna. Hey, I'm recording. What are we doing? <laughs> Has a 1.4 OPS against Aaron. Chase Dole. isn't watching this game until 1 a.m. You got to chill. <laughs> He's got a 1.4 OPS against Aaron Nola in his career. He's going to go bonkers, and he's pissed off after getting pegged. To so. be fair, I do watch the Falcons in the Falls Live. Like, that's a once-in-a-week thing. I, I, I can do that. I make that work. Um, speaking of, Falls by 90. Uh, Wolverine should be okay against Penn State, and then Georgia with another just uh, another fun weekend of Georgia football where they're playing uh, Vanderbilt in what is a... A high school team. Yeah, they're playing a high school team. Great work. A team, a team that beat... Uh, your toughest out of conference opponent by fifty five points. UConn, UConn, Hawaii, mm. Hawaii, Hawaii. No, <laughs> no, Hawaii was not our toughest out of conference. Oh no, that's right. It's Colorado State. Sorry. No, I think it's uh, UConn, right? Actually, UConn, I, I really like don't UConn's. Know. <laughs> it's one UConn, of those. Colorado, Colorado State is like one of the worst teams in college football this year, unfortunately. Maybe guy, the, Norvell, maybe the struggling. worst. Yeah. They're bad. They're real Who, bad. Which one is Colorado State? They're horrific this year. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Just all Colorado schools are bad. Colorado Buffaloes, Rams. Look, in the four-team playoff era, there's no reason to play anybody at a conference. I don't care what anyone says. There's no reason. Why would you? Well, yeah, well if you're that's Arkansas, why Tennessee dropped BYU on the road next year. They're getting uh, Virginia in Nashville instead. They were like, Hell yeah, no, I love that. that. We're not going you, to Provo. Or you can be, you're, you're Arkansas playing in Provost, Utah. Yeah, they're going to lose. Like, Arkansas is losing this weekend. Like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Well, I think it's even weirder <laughs> in the middle of the season. Why would you do that in the middle of your SEC calendar? Like, you just played Alabama A&M, and then you're like, all right, let's go to Provo and uh, get... Yeah, what you need is a bye week right now. You need a bye week because KJ Jefferson is your superhero, and it's like he's just completely broken right now, playing the two best defenses in the SEC West. Well, them and Mississippi State. Yeah, the SEC is so good this year. Tennessee rising brings everybody to the forefront. It's a nice See, Kentucky's thing. Really good. Kentucky's really good. Kentucky's good. Kentucky's good when okay. Will Levis is healthy. All right. All right. That's and Will Levis. That's Garrett the Garrett the Chapman. Garrett I can't do this anymore. This man just said Kentucky's good. I mean, how many games in a row do they need to lose before you're like, all right, well, maybe they're not that good. Have you seen I'm that with line? Will Levis? It was a very important thing. Very important Garrett, part. As the impartial one here, who's more likely to win on, on Saturday? Tennessee, both both are favored by, or both are Hold on. seven, Penn seven State point versus dogs. Alabama's. We're doing those apples to apples. Who's more likely to win? Who's more likely to win? Michigan Tennessee is more likely to win. State. No, or Penn State. Tennessee. Oh, they're Tennessee. both about seven point underdogs. I think Tennessee. I think you're right. I think I, I think, think so. so. Too. Penn State. Penn State is zero and fifteen in their last games against uh, top ten opponents. I think. They're 0 15 or something. Mm-hmm. I have a note. Hold on. I think it's since like 2004. James Franklin gets smacked by Harbaugh every time he comes to Ann Arbor. That's just a fact. No, well, they've lost. He gets smacked Penn in the road most of the time anyway. He has a Penn really State bad has lost record. 13 consecutive road games against top five teams. Mm. Hell yeah. Falls by 90. Uh, it's going to be electric. Knoxville's already one on fire. I'm going to throw one more stat. Penn State is 17 and 1 when Sean Clifford has tw- fewer than 29 pass attempts mm. and 1 in 5 when he has 30 or more interesting i'm this is all from my college football show so i'm like I'm, i got i'm giving you some nuggets early there you go some early nuggets um i'm glad that's on at noon that's a nooner right max yeah so big that's noon. a good prelude to real for football the at 800th straight week michigan's on big noon <laughs> <laughs> big noon kickoff it's you don't have to wait at all can't wait to wake up and watch urban meyer on my tv <laughs> i hate urban meyer did you see they're actually getting a netflix documentary oh god Supposedly anyway, it's a four-part series. 
balls by 90. I cannot wait for tomorrow. Michigan should roll. Uh, Georgia, obviously. But, um, yeah, fun weekend ahead. Falcons, Niners. It's going to be great. It's a great uniform game. Like, the red helmets are back Mm. uh, for the Falcons this weekend. Oh, this is like I'm doing my Italian. The Italian, the what is it? It's uh, my wife made fun of me because I I don't know if it's like this. I don't know. Like is it no, that? What are you, you doing? Killed it. You killed it. Is that it? Yeah, that. Um, there you go. Uh, but it's funny, <laughs> and I think uh, the Falcons <laughs> should roll against the Niners. I don't know what I'm doing. All right, Max Markovich, we can find you on Twitter. Max underscore Markovich. Garrett, we can find you at GChap ATL. Listen, W Millennials College Football Show, Falcon Show. You're just all over it. Like, just type in Garrett Chapman 1900 game, and you'll probably <laughs> find like five or six things that he's doing each and every week. You'll um, see. There you go. All right, go, go, birds, go balls, and go Braves. Go for it. Uh, yeah. What? It's just wrapping this up. <laughs>